You believe that? That no one ought to have to live their life without hearing and loving the name of Jesus. This message is somewhat pastoral. It is missionary and focused. And, and so I, I just want to deliver what I feel the Lord laid on my heart. And the message is the focus of God's heart. On August the 12th, 2000, at 328, EDT time, something phenomenal happened. A Russian nuclear submarine called the Cursed. I once again reviewed the story, watched the video, sank to the bottom of Bering Sea. 350 feet deep. That's not deep in some oceans, but that is way below the surface. Of course, an onboard explosion shook the sub that was not supposed to have that kind of trouble. The entire crew, a small crew, but if the son or daughter of your family happened to be one of the 118 individuals that died, that would mean a lot to you. Two days after the tragedy, on August the 14th, the Kremlin gave its government report. And in the report, it was full of lies and half-truths about what actually happened. The reality is that Russia refused the help of the United States of America. It refused the help, though there was time of Great Britain. It refused the help of Norway. The last sound heard from the cursed was on Monday, August 14th. There were several men caught in an air compact in that submarine and they were screaming and knocking and, and beating on what they considered the hull of the ship. But no one answered. The Russian public and the families of those individuals who died, they cried out for answers and assistance. What they got was a somewhat apology from President Putin. A state-run television said, I felt responsible and guilty for the disaster. He was on vacation on a beach somewhere. He didn't change his vacation, didn't do anything other than saying, I felt responsible and guilty, but he did nothing. Two days after hearing the tragedy, the family members of the crew who died asked, why didn't you do something? Why didn't you respond to the USA? Why didn't you respond to, to Britain? Why didn't you respond to Norway? Those individuals could have been rescued. You see, the fate of some was in the hands of President Putin, but he was out of focus with the people and out of focus as related to rescuing those that they knew could have been rescued. What a tragedy. How difficult. There are other stories that we could relate that are real true stories of our own government. We know that. Tonight I'm going to talk to you through the teaching of the greatest teacher ever known. It's the Lord. God calls upon us and this is what he says. I want you to have a proper focus. I want you to have my heart. And so we find he uses, and I'll 
tie it together, a wonderful, wonderful example in the Gospel of Luke 15, verse 4. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Mike Murdoch said this, and I share the quote. He says, you will never possess what you are unwilling to pursue. Oh, but God, I believe that I should reach the lost, lost people. I believe I should enjoy the focus of who you are and reach individuals who've never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. But according to Murdoch, he said, you will never obtain that. You will never fulfill that call. You will never reach the loss unless you decide that you want to pursue it. Jesus has blasted, if you cover those verses, the stronghold of the religious community. The religious community, they were enemies of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Pharisees were murmuring about what Jesus was doing. They could not argue with his miracles. They couldn't argue with his power. But they said, hey, not only that, but did you know he sits with sinners? Not only that, he fellowships with harlots. He, he communicates with thieves. He invites the poor and low class to travel with him. Look at his disciples. He even is compassionate toward Gentiles. And Jesus answers their complaint in a very unique way, answers their murmuring with an illustration of this parable. And here it is again. He said, if you had 100 sheep and 99 are safe and one is lost, remember the proper focus. As a shepherd, it is your duty to find and protect your sheep. He said, you go after that sheep until you find it. Your duty and your responsibility is to go after the one that is lost. I was thinking about this message and I thought, you know, everybody is, is one of several people in this story. One, you're, you're a shepherd. You say, I'm a shepherd. Another, you might say, well, I'm a lost sheep. I've never really committed to Jesus. Another, you might say, well, I'm one of the sheep that is, that is safe. You know, uh, that's me. Another, you might say, I'm one of the Pharisees. I'm one of the Pharisees. I've, I've got a religious urge. I, I'm a good person. Putin said, hey, I'm so sorry. But he did nothing about gaining an opportunity to save those that are lost. You see, many in our world today, not only here and serving false gods overseas, are bound by sinful practices and they cannot shake it. That's why that in every man there is an innate place in all of our hearts to say we want to serve some God. And that's why they worship idols. That's why they worship all kind of objects, worship the moon, worship the sun. Why? Because the sinful practice is there and they can't shake it. Some are bound by life-controlling substances. And many are blind to the error of their way. That's not only true in the missions world. It's true right here in America. Many cry out for help through diversion. And many today are lost because they're quietly waiting for someone 
to rescue them. During the COVID, more suicides, more depression, more great difficulty emotionally than you could ever imagine. And my friend, may the church never shrink back and come to realize God has served up to us opportunities that are beyond our imagination. And if we pray, he's saying to the church, don't give up on lost people and keep your eye open for those that might be hurting and need redemption and healing in their life. That's who we are. We remember that reaching lost sheep takes on many different approaches. And for our missions conference to facilitate those approaches, we have missions. We're not going to dilly-dally in it. We're not going to halfway do it. That's never been the characteristic of victory. We're either in or out. Somebody say amen. We're not going to do Salvation Army by cutting back. We are going forward in the name of Jesus. We believe in the power of missions. We believe in our missionaries, our missionaries of going full bore to every way that we can to see that they get on the field and to see that they feel the love and the ability. We're not ashamed of the creative abilities and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We know that missionaries or the shepherds, you find out which one you are and say, here's our goal in Jude 23, snatch others from the fire and save them to others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. What keeps us from doing it? Oh, fear? No, we're not motivated by fear. We're motivated by the power of love. The desire that says, God, as long as I'm breathing with all the blessings you have given to me, not one person is going to get my, by my understanding without me praying and believing that you will save them. That compelling power, willing to give everything, willing to give everything we have for the purpose of our focus. What is it? Our focus is the heart of God. God, speak to me. What will you do with me? How shall I respond? Stephen responded correctly to the point he died. Paul responded correctly to the point he suffered. Jesus responded to the will of the Father to the degree that he willingly was crucified. And God calls upon us, the church of Jesus Christ, and he says, stay focused until you find the sheep. And so during these two weeks, last week and this week, What's God doing? God is giving us a sensitive to spirit to understand Holy Ghost of God, Spirit of the living God, re-anoint me, rekindle me, refire me, bring me once again to the foot of the cross and let me realize I have so many blessings and I cannot fail in what you desire to do in my life. We don't give up. We don't retreat. We don't become a lazy. We don't get sidetracked. You see, the one who is lost is worth the total investment of the 90 and 9. Jesus called the churches 
In Revelation 2 and 3, the task, he said, you become cold. You become lukewarm. You've lost your first love. Why? You got carried away. You got into the world. Paul said, Demas, what are you doing, son? You're supposed to be with me. You're supposed to give it your all. And, and you've decided to go, go shopping. You've decided to, to go to the city. You've decided to back away from the cost of ministry. I'm here to tell you there are people that paved the way for Victory Church in many years gone by and paved the way for all of us here, paved the way and planted seeds so that one day you and I could enjoy the benefit and the blessings that we have today. And that's true of the number of missionaries who are martyrs who willingly gave their lives to reach just one more soul for Christ. What's our task? How does that work? We're passionately committed. I'm passionately committed. Luke 15, Jesus continues to teach. He said, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. The value of the one person that we do not know their name. They could be in the arena where you work or influence in your family, but tonight we're talking about people overseas that if we fail in our efforts, will never be reached unless we stand firm in the purpose of God's call in a passionate way. How is passion realized? It's realized through positive action. You see, better is possible, but good is not enough. The most crucial and critical points of Jesus' message is this. The religious leaders were intent on causing Jesus to focus upon the 99. Now, is that so bad? Is it so bad to focus on, well, I've got 90 and 9? Is that so bad? It's bad in this regard. The one sheep would have been eternally lost had not the shepherd taken his focus away from those who were redeemed and focus on the one that was lost. May I encourage you to remember, ask yourself how often the church is more focused on the 90 and 9 than many churches are the one that's lost. How many are engaged in fattening the sheep that is not in harm's way and overlook the one that's lost? You see, the reality is the one that's lost is more important than those that are safe. We send commitment cards out. It's like people say, I don't like commitment cards. Well, it's a task. It is, it is a tool, and that's it. But what it does, it gives us an opportunity to say, help. Helping with this commitment, 
a faith promise will help us reach and find that one lost sheep. What was the Pharisees' motivating factor? What was it that they wanted him to focus on the 99? Number one, they wanted him, they wanted him to focus on that so it would make them feel better. They chose not to realize the crisis of the lost sheep. People are dying and going to hell. They chose not to realize the consequence of the lost sheep. You came mighty close. You were almost there, but almost didn't bring redemption. They wanted more attention and less personal sacrifice. Ease up, Jesus. Back away. Aren't you happy with 90 and 9? They were caught up with spiritual pride and blind to the eternal value of the situation. They were caught up by having church instead of being the church. The church of Jesus Christ is the bride of Christ, but the bride of Christ will give every thing it has in life to reach one more person one lost sheep so what happens jesus nails it down hard he said i want you pharisees to listen i understand the 90 and 9 but i've got a word for you and it's matthew 23 woe to you Teachers of the law, Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside you're full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Putin said, I am so sorry. I feel so responsible. What a tragedy. But he did nothing to rescue the ones that were still alive. You see, I can practice church. I can talk the talk. I know the language. I know all that goes with that. But God is saying, that's to fuel you up to do the hard things when it comes time to sacrifice. And that is to focus on what's important to the heart of Almighty God. That is to be passionate about that person that needs help. That's our ministry at the Dream Center and all other ministries. That's our focus of our missions program is to cause us not to forget, to show you faces of individuals you will never meet. I promise you, your imagination, unless you've been to some of the places we have been to, your imagination cannot come close to what reality is of people who are lost, eternally lost. We focus upon our need. It's often, often manifested by our action. Instead of living a life of death and complete sacrifice, I told our staff, I think it was yesterday, as we talked about missions for a moment, as you pray,
you giving out of your budget. You see, if you give out of your budget, you won't be giving what is important to God. Giving out of your budget will say, I've got this much room. Sacrifice has nothing to do with budget. In other words, I'll, I'll reach those people on the cursed who have no hope, but we don't have the money. Well, you know, that would not have been good enough for the mama of one of those sailors on that submarine. That wouldn't have been good enough for any of you if that were your son or daughter. That wouldn't have been good enough. No, I'll give everything that I have. The reality is that's what Jesus is doing through the missions conference is retooling us and once again tweaking us and said, hey, I, I hope you enjoy the comfort. I hope you enjoy the blessing. But don't forget, it's these times that I'm asking you to roll your sleeves up and say, God, what is it that you want me to do that breaks my heart in reaching others? And at all cost, we're passionately committed to God's heart. And as we're passionately committed to God's heart, we'll take giant steps of sacrifices into an arena. We are called to, get it now, called to lay down our lives and be compelled to reach one. Compelled to reach one. To do everything that we can. Because the reality is lost sheep are being destroyed by Satan's destructive power every day. You go, you go to some of the places that we have been and the little kids will come up and they'll grab your leg like little kids do and just hug on it. They're oftentimes not clean. If you have candy, you give them a little bit of candy and you do everything that you can to make their life comfortable in that moment. And then after about a week, you're going to get on a bus as we always do and you're going to drive away as the kids run along the side of the bus knowing that you will never see them again. And when you get home, God begins to speak to your heart and say, but while you were there, while you were there on the Holy Ghost assignment, did you tell them about Jesus? You see, it's hard to tell a child or a teenager or an adult who has no premise of understanding about who Jesus is. The devil has them so blind to the truth. And the best way to get through that barrier is to love them while you can. That is the reason that the prayer journal enables us to pray over every missionary and say, God, keep that missionary focused. Keep that missionary passionate. Keep that missionary in doing good. Keep that missionary to reach out to everyone they can. God, keep that missionary that's my hand extended on target for not only loving people, but finally getting to the place 
that we explain the message of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. Number three, we celebrate the results. Luke 15, and when he finds it, when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. There are three places in this text that suggest what we celebrate, when we celebrate, and why we celebrate. Jesus said to celebrate because the lost sheep has been found and placed safely back into the fold. I've shared maybe once before, we went to Disney a number of years ago, probably 10 or 11 years ago. It was cold and it's where Sharon wanted to go with the grandkids. We had a grand old time thinking, God, thank you for this privilege. Kids seemed to enjoy it. But at the end, when they got ready to do the parade, we were shoulder to shoulder with people. And all of a sudden, this lady came up holding one of the grandkids' hands. And she said, this one is yours. Yeah? Well, I saw you earlier. And I knew she was yours, but... She was way over there, lost in the crowd. And when I saw her, I saw you guys. Here she is. How long did you think it took us to hug that grandchild? How long you think it, how long you think it caused us to say, what if? How long you think it took us to say, God, thank you for someone that we did not know was lost, was found by the right woman who brought her home. Now listen carefully. Every person belongs to him. Every person, every nation, every tribe. They are children of the Lord. And God says to those of us who have the 90 and 9, rejoice. But don't get lost celebrating the 90 and 9 that you don't get the one that's lost and bring them into my kingdom for that to happen we will have to re-engineer the way that we think we will have to ask God for forgiveness we will have to say God let the burden of lost people permeate me to the degree that you drive me to sacrificial action and that, Father God, it doesn't just stop when that missions conference is over. I have the prayer journal that I pray every single day for every missionary that's there. And say, God, don't let them get weary and well-doing. Let them keep looking for the lost.
There is another thing that he deals with celebration that's important to us. We know that we ought to celebrate in our praise and worship. But what sacrifice is there in praise and worship? Are you listening? What sacrifice is there in in praise and worship? Not much. We enjoy it if it's a song that we know and we like and it's got good rhythm and the vibes are there and then we say hallelujah. We celebrate when we reach goals. We reach goals in the Salvation Army we say, and we should. Tell the devil and everybody else, look what the Lord has done. And we should celebrate when one of the 90 and 9 who's already saved get a miracle. They actually get a miracle. Look, the report initially from the oncology was the cancer was deep and real. But thank God, after another check, it is no longer there. We celebrate that. Somebody say, amen. Beautiful. We celebrate that. But we should celebrate when we feel God's presence, the power of conviction, the power of love, the power that says, don't let me talk to you like I talked to the church in Revelation 2 and 3. Don't make me talk to you like, like you did when he left. Paul, don't, don't make me talk to you that way. He's saying, listen in this gospel. Let me tell you, don't be a whited sepulcher that you look good on the outside, but you're full of, of dead men's bones. He says, listen to what I say. Celebrate. Celebrate the lost sheep. And celebrate it before you see the manifestation of the miracle. Last year, we gave over $1.3 million to missions. All to God be the glory. Somebody say, amen. amen. Say, that's wonderful. But we don't count there. We say, God, help us minister to the need. So what is the message saying to us? Number one, we must keep the proper focus of the heart of God. And that's missions and lost people. Number two, we must remain passionately committed. That we must not allow something else to get in the way that takes us away from the focus. This will help us stay committed and focused. And we must celebrate more exuberantly over the lost soul that's found. And friend, everywhere you look here in our land are lost people. But we have hope just around the corner, but overseas, in places where there has never been a gospel message. There is no church that deals with salvation. There is no effective ministry from someone who has been sent because the job is humongous. Those are the ones that our missions conference deals with, that we say, God, we have to do more in every nation. So now I pass this message off to each of you. I pass it off 
to those online. And I ask you, are you the shepherd? Are you the Pharisee? Are you the saved sheep? Are you the lost sheep? I pray that as we pray in just a moment, when we're done praying, there'll be no lost sheep under the sound of my voice. I pray that before you get home, you will feel the whisper of the Holy Spirit that says to you, you're the shepherd. Go get my sheep. Put them on your shoulder and bring them home. Amen. Rejoice because your heavenly Father has gone before you, preparing a way whereby the ministry that I've called you to will be accomplished with your heart and your passion. Do not turn to the left or the right and look for something that might make it easy. Lean on me. Seek my face. Hear my voice. Feel my presence. And as you do, I will anoint you to do greater things than you could ever imagine. And I will give to you the benefits of the blessing that I have already stored for you. And with your action of sacrifice, I will release them to you. So, Father, with our heads bowed and at home and watching we want to pray i'm asking you to think about it i'm asking you to do and say god i need to be more of a shepherd here i need to get out there or maybe you find tonight i'm a lost sheep i've been running around and hiding from the shepherd i've been making it really hard on the shepherd i don't really even like the shepherd And the reason is you're having too much of your own pleasure that's driving you away from the great Redeemer. May the Holy Spirit interrupt us and may we sense and feel by the grace of God that the Holy Ghost is upon us everywhere we are listening now and we have to respond. Would you repeat this prayer after me, everyone? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for the privilege that you have given to me. I thank you for the anointing. And I thank you for your hand that rests upon my life. You have protected me. You have guided me. And now, I submit to you all that I have. I submit my heart to you for a good old-fashioned cleansing. 
I submit my will to you that it'll be your will and not mine. And Lord, I pray for those who are lost and don't even know it. May they be awakened by the message of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand, please? I'm asking you to pray, to seek the Lord. I'm asking you to listen to the message. I'm asking you, as your pastor, in a pastoral message, let it sink deep into your heart. But just to hear the message, God says, but I want you to be a doer. Some of you will never get to go on a missions trip. I wish you all could and would. I can tell you this, you will never be the same if you ever go on any missions trip because you will meet the darkness. Isn't that right, Mike? You will meet the darkness that we talk about and the oppression and the grips of sin on the lives of humble people many times. May God begin to prepare our hearts as I ask you to pray for every person at Victory Church. They all have an envelope. They all have the commitment card. And when we come Sunday, or if not tonight, please get it completed. Make a faithful commitment to God. If you can't make it back, and be sure you do something supernatural in the one-time offering. And you can do that tonight. As a matter of fact, I'm speaking to someone that God is gripping your heart right now to do something that is beyond you think your ability. But God has something upon you and in your future if you're obedient. It will come to pass. I guarantee it. Amen. Amen. I want to so badly say, hug somebody, shake hands, and, and just be friendly. That's what I want to say, but I, I can't say that. I just want you to know, leave in the joy of the Lord. Somebody say, amen. God bless you, everybody.